0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Before today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to a brand that I have been working with, I think honestly now for over a year, one of my absolute favorite brands to partner with, one that I talk about all the time, and one that I take every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Beam CBD. You guys know by now I'm a fanatic for their tincture called The One. I use a droplet in my coffee every single morning, but I also am absolutely loving their Dream Capsules lately. I am struggling with sleep just in general, but especially when it's that time of the month for me, that's when my cramps are the worst. And these pills help so much to guarantee a well rested sleep. They have sleep-promoting compounds like magnesium, Rishi, melatonin. I can never say the word L-theanine, um, but also they're a nano-CBD- I swear by them. I think they are one of the greatest products they have ever created, and I highly recommend them. If you're interested in trying any of Beam's products, whether it be their oils, powders, topicals, or capsules, check out beamtlc.com and use code FRECKLEDFOODIE15 for 15% off the website. Hey guys, it's just me today, but as I'm recording this, I'm joined with people on IG Live. That's you. Um, So thank you all for joining and listening. Today's episode is going to be focused on body image specifically. I have to hit record on my computer as well because I'm doing a backup. Okay. Um, Today's episode is going to be focused on body image. I did a solo episode a while back that I will link in the show notes that I kind of just like went on this random rant of my journey with body image and it seemed to resonate with a lot of you all. And the more I talk about it on my platform, the more questions I get about it and the more people want to hear about it. Oh, Thanks, mom. Um, the more people want to hear about it. So here we go. My mom told me not to be nervous for anyone listening to the podcast. That's why I said thanks, mom. Okay. So let's get it kick it off with I guess we should start like in the past. And this is something that I've been talking about a little bit on my Instagram stories, but I haven't like provided a ton of context about. And I said it in the sense of like, what do you guys feel like growing up kind of stuck with you or things that you were taught? Maybe you realize now you don't feel that way. And it could have been anything, you know, whether it was political beliefs, religion, body image, whatever. The reason I brought that up is because... I've been talking with my sisters and my cousins and mom, I know you're in here and I love you. And this is a conversation I've had with you. Um, But growing up, I definitely feel like my Nana, who's the most amazing, wonderful human in the world, her generation is just a little bit more critical of themselves, I would say. And I think that that was then passed on to my mother and her sisters when they were growing up. And so I do think there was like part of that voice that was kind of created of just wanting to look my best or maybe critiquing my body. And I think that my mom did an incredible job of not actually like putting those thoughts on us. But I also think that as young children being surrounded by maybe some critiques of their own, it did implement a small voice in our minds. And so my cousins and I talk about it all the time. And, you know, Nana is the most fabulous woman in the world, but she also is like very critical of herself and... It's insane to watch from the outside's perspective because we can see how amazing she is. And so we're like, woman, why are you critiquing yourself? But then we notice that we're doing it also. And so I think that was the first moment where I was like, hold the fucking phone. Why do I have this voice in my head when I watch someone else do it and I realize how absurd it is because I realize what they're saying isn't true, yet I'm doing the same exact thing. So that's been something that I've kind of been like tapping into and just reworking of maybe thoughts that I had growing up about myself or just critiquing or even saying things like I think it's so normalized for people to be like try on something like oh I look so fat you don't fucking look fat and like why do we say that to ourselves I would never see a friend and be like you look fat in that outfit yet I would say it to myself all the time and I think a lot of people agree with that so the first thing that I've worked on is like why would I ever say anything to myself that I wouldn't say to someone else If I wouldn't say it to a friend, then I shouldn't be saying it to myself because we're supposed to love ourselves. We're supposed to be the kindest to ourselves. Like we give so much kindness and love to everyone else. And yet that voice inside of our mind is this massive raging bitch. So we need to like chill her the F out to begin with. So another question I got regarding the past was how has diet culture affected you? Did you have any experience with fad dieting? I didn't. Um growing up there was it was not like a diet culture in our house we were honestly like eating to fuel especially with sports i think the only time that like fad dieting played a role in my life which i think sparked some negativity for me personally is when i had graduated from college and i th- i talked about this in the first episode but i never had body image issues growing up like i never th- i would say things to myself now looking back that i don't like but i i never felt uncomfortable in my own skin and I think that was because I was so wrapped up in other things and it just wasn't something top of mind. Sports were really my focus. And the second that I like stopped playing sports, graduated from college, started working full time, that's when I gained a little weight and then I noticed it. And then I was like, oh, I need to work out a little bit more. And I was so hard on myself. And that's when I became obsessed with the number of running. And all of a sudden I caught myself weighing myself. And I go into all of that in the first solo episode, but... Around that same time, I was struggling with a lot of digestive health issues. And for me, it was hard because the the reason I was doing these things were, were, was to find out, like the reasons I was doing elimination diets, was to find out what was triggering my symptoms for my digestive system. So there was a good intention, but I let it get too far. Because then it became, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, it became this incredibly overwhelming, like, well, if I eat that, am I going to have a flare up? If I eat that, am I g- going to be sick for a few days or am I never going to poop for like the week? Like those were my symptoms. Um, and I think that then it started to create a little bit of food feardom, I think is the word, or just like food fear. And I then tried Whole30. And Whole30 for me, I felt like was a great thing at the time because I was like, oh, I'm figuring out what my triggers are for my C and like my... SIBO and all this stuff. And so I had good intentions, but the impact was just not there. And it then became a little too obsessive. And Whole30 for me gave me these like restrictive guidelines without making me realize that I was maybe doing something negative for myself. And then I became wrapped up in it. And then you get into the reintroduction of Whole30. And so I think that whole thing made me realize that I do not do well mentally when it comes to restrictions. I do well with restrictions in the sense of I don't break them because I stick to something, but mentally it fucks me up. And so I don't recommend those types of things for people. I definitely think at one point in my life on this platform, I maybe did when I was doing Whole30 and I was feeling great and whatever. However, mentally, I don't think fad dieting, and I I don't necessarily think Whole30 is a fad diet but either way I just don't think they're mentally a good idea and you know even in my health coaching business when someone asks if they can do a food journal just so I can like have some introspect or introspective whatever insight into what they're eating I always say with the context the second that the food journal starts to become this thing that like you're stressed about or you're restricting because of it or you're lying, we're done. We're done with the food journal. The food journal should be something that you're just trying to, you know, write so you can reference back if you're having really bad digestive health issues or whatever. But it's not like a, oh, no, I ate this and now I have to write it down. Those types of things encourage really negative behavior in my opinion. Um, Are there comments from your childhood that stuck with you? I think this is interesting because I hear a lot of people say, like, comments. Yes, if you have a question, you can just enter it in. And I'm reading as we're going. Um, I think people have a lot of comments from their childhood that have stuck with them that are on the negative side. And for me, it's almost the flip, which sounds really weird. And I get that. But I talked about this in the episode with um, Lisa Haim from the Well Necessities, where. I was always told that I was so fit or thin or beautiful and I don't think – no one has like ill intentions when they say those things but then they stick with the person who you're saying them to and then it's almost like you have to always look like that. Like I think that I was kind of like, oh, I'm always supposed to be this thin fit girl. What would happen if I didn't look like that? And it's so weird to come to terms with and also to say, especially in a public forum, however – I do think that those comments stuck with me and kind of led me to continue to beat myself up and restrict and restrict to fit into some mold that people had kind of put me in not on purpose. And on that topic, a lot of people I've been having a conversation with of trying to not comment on people's body even if it's a even if you think that you're saying it in a positive way like oh my god, you look amazing. Have you lost weight? you have no idea what's going on behind doors, behind closed doors. You have no idea if they're struggling with an eating disorder and that comment right there is fueling them because it does fuel that type of behavior from very close friends of mine who were struggling with eating disorders and everyone's commenting on how amazing they look and how great they look and how much weight they've lost. It's fuel to the freaking fire. So I think we also need to acknowledge not only for ourselves but also moving forward when we're with other people there's so much other important shit to comment on than someone's body. Like find something else to compliment them on. It doesn't have to be focused on the way they look physically. So um, another one was, did your family compare your body to others growing up? Yes, but again, kind of in that positive way. So it wasn't like I was being told you need to lose weight. It wasn't that, but it was – I was being compared, but I was kind of on a pedestal and then I felt like I had to stay on that pedestal, which is not true. It wasn't implemented by my parents. It's not like my parents made me stay on that pedestal. It's just how I think I am mentally when I have something then I feel this like need, need, need to continue and not like disappoint anyone almost. Um, and then do did you and do you struggle with body comparison? So to walk through a little bit. um, I think that I was, like, definitely at a younger age not comparing. Um, And then I think in college I really wasn't either. But then post-college all of a sudden, which I think is really when social media became, like, a thing for our age group, that was when body comparison started. And I think that that was when, you know, comparison in life started for me because you're seeing every aspect of everyone's life and it's like in your face, nonstop. And so I think that's when I started to body compare and get down on myself. And I would say things to Joe or my sisters and it became really obvious to me that the things I was comparing myself to weren't even traits that I even wanted. Does that make sense? Like. I would look at someone and be like, oh my God, this is, this is this, this. And Joe's like, but you, I watch you look at TV or someone else. And you're like, that person's so beautiful. Oh my God. And they look nothing like that person you're comparing your body to. So you're almost like twisting in your head. And I think media also does this. And just like this belief that we've, that's been ingrained in our brain since we were such young children of like, smaller is better, which is not the fucking truth. I'm quoting for the podcast people. Um, And I think that that's kind of what led me to almost do body comparison. And once I, A, stopped doing that, but B, surrounded myself, especially on social media, with people who look more like me and less unfiltered like or less filtered and more real, the body comparison automatically stopped because I was surrounded by people who look like normal people and they're not photoshopping and face tuning and making me question things and compare and feel worse about myself. Um, And for the question in the IG live that says, I listened to your body image podcast. Were your friends upset when you said you were quote unquote admired desired one? It's really funny because my mom asked me that too. I mean, six of my best girlfriends are in here. So feel free to answer Deanna, Lizzie D whoever else is in here. Um, I don't think so because I'm not saying that it was like me versus them. I just meant like throughout my life, I was told certain things. It wasn't like we would all walk into a room and it was like, oh, just her. Um, not at all. I'm surrounded by beautiful people in my life. But I just felt like I was always told certain things and then it kind of stopped a little bit and I noticed how beautiful the rest of the world is. Um, also, how to not let your confidence drop when you see someone you think looks better than you in the moment, aka comparison. Right then and there, and this is my number one piece of advice if you ever are critiquing yourself or feeling down on yourself, literally say three things to your body that you love about it or like thank your body. So, I talk about this a lot in with um, one of my health coaching clients the concept of body checking. So, I talked about this in the first episode, the solo episode where I said, I, I subconsciously would lift my shirt and look at my stomach. And I caught myself doing it once when my cousin asked me if I wanted an Oreo. And she was like, did you just fucking look at your stomach to see if you wanted an Oreo? And I was like, that's really weird that I did that. But yeah, I really did do that. And I hate that I ever did that. And I'm so, I just want to like hug that poor child. However, people body check a lot in the morning. And I used to do it also. There's a full length mirror. Right when you walk out of my bedroom, I sleep naked and I would walk out. And that's literally the first thing I would think or see. And then that's how it would like start my day. And for me, it's always with like my stomach Am I bloated. And it's such a toxic concept and it so sets you up for failure. And it's also so wrapped up in something that doesn't matter. And so the second that you catch your voice being like critique, critique, or like that girl's stomach looks better. Th- that girl's thighs or whatever. Like anytime you find yourself doing that, notice it. The first thing is to acknowledge that voice. And what I say to my health coaching client is like, imagine the devil and the angel on your shoulders. That voice is there. It's really hard to untrain it and it's really hard to get it to fully go away. But we can strengthen the angel voice and we can make her louder than that bitch on the other shoulder. So when you start to then acknowledge that you're critiquing yourself and you start saying, okay, no, we're going to say three affirmations, which is how I start my day anyway, but I also do them throughout the day. I will look in the mirror if I'm alone or I'll just say them to myself in my head. But if I'm alone, I'll say them out loud. And I will say things like, I am worthy. I love my body. I am beautiful. Thank you, stomach, for holding all of my motherfucking organs and keeping me alive. Thank you, stomach, for allowing me to eat all of the food that I love to eat and somehow making it into poop and leaving my body. Like, The bodies are insane. They are so wild and so wonderful. And we critique them all day long for shit that doesn't actually matter. Like the outside appearance is so much less important than the actual inside function. And I think a lot of us are privileged to have the ability to have able and working bodies. And the only time that I felt that my body wasn't able or working was when I was recovering from my concussion and never once did I have a critiquing body moment that over two months alone in my apartment, you would think that would be the time. I didn't exercise. I, w- I was like eating all majority food that from restaurants because I wasn't really cooking a lot. Not once did I ever critique my body because I was just so grateful that I was alive and that it was working and that it was healing. And I think that especially put things into perspective for me and for anyone who is listening or on IG Live and It finds themselves critiquing. I think we need to also just take a step back and recognize the privilege that our body is functioning and that we're even alive to be critiquing. And then how do you deal with not fitting the mold of being the gorgeous model influencer? You know, it's really interesting because I look at the gorgeous model influencers and I'm like, that doesn't seem interesting to me. Um, When I watch like stories of people who are living these like lavish, absurd, wonder, like great, look awesome, like look really fun lives. It just is so much upkeep and I don't have fucking time for it. I do not have time to worry about what my hair looks like every day or if I put makeup on or if my outfit looks great or I, I, I just, I'm not ju- like, like, I don't mean to like throw shade or judgment at them. It's more just like I find interest in many other things. And I always say to my younger sister, Lucy, I'm like, I wish I cared about what I looked like as much as she does not in a negative way because she looks so fucking gorgeous all the time because she really cares about clothing and you know she wants to buy nice things and she likes to she really is interested in makeup and she knows how to do it those things don't interest me so I don't force it so then I'm not doing them and I actually talked to my therapist about it and my therapist is like why do you keep saying you want to look more put together because none of those things are things that interest you so you don't have to fit this mold so I don't know I don't mind not fitting the molds because I kind of like the mold I've created to be totally honest um and then someone said that she likes my ice cream post a reminder it's okay to allow yourself to enjoy food wholeheartedly I have ice cream every single day every single day And I think that it should be said, because I have ice cream every single day, sometimes it's just two bites because I don't, it's not like this forbidden fruit that I need and I'm craving and like, oh, who knows what I'm going to have an ice cream again. I need to eat the whole pint. If you allow yourself to have it every day, you just need a few bites and sometimes you don't even need it. Um, Okay. So, Cortland, I love you. Um, All right. When you were in high school or college, did you compare yourselves to your sister's? I think we were so different and um, age-gapped-wise that I didn't really. I compared myself to my older sister in the sense of, like, she was a really good student and she got into the boarding school that I got denied from twice. So there was, like, that type of comparison. But we had we all had pretty similar bodies except for they are, like, four inches taller than me. So I was jealous of their height. But I don't think we were ever really comparing our... Physical appearances. If anything, I think we compared more of like academics and success and like achieve quote unquote success and achievements in that sense and like wanting to fill, like, like having tough shoes to fill, if that makes sense. Um, other questions that were sent in Do you think that your anxiety medication has played a role in positive body image? I was thinking about this because here's another thing. When I was considering going on anxiety medication, I was at a very tough place of my life and my best friend Deanna had literally been telling me for like years, "Cammy, do you think maybe you should consider medication? And I was so like hesitant. I don't know why, but I was like, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And the final straw that was like, you're going on it was when I looked up the medicine that my doctor proposed. It said, like I was on all these reddits and stuff to see side effects and people said weight gain. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm not going on medication if I'm potentially gaining weight. And I texted my friend and I was like, the fact that I wouldn't potentially immensely help my mental health for the fear of gaining a few pounds is so fucking twisted. And therefore, without a doubt, am I going on this medication? So I get. I don't know if it's caused any weight gain, to be totally honest. A, I'm on a low dosage, so I don't even know if that would be a side effect. B, I don't weigh myself, so I don't really know. I've gained weight, but I I don't know if I can like attribute it to just the medication. But has it helped with my body image? I think yes, because I think I'm just a less anxious person. And I think with my lower anxiety, I have level – I just have this new respect for life and appreciation for life and also realization that shit is so much more important than the way we look, especially like the way our bodies fit a mold that the – Universe and media has put on us. And the second that I kind of let go of those anxious behaviors, I started enjoying myself more. I started caring a- less about like getting in the perfect quote unquote workout. I started caring less about what am I having for every meal of the day. I used to have like food anxiety of what my next meal was going to be. And then I would like not hoard food, but I would almost like eat as much food as I could because like, God forbid, there's not a healthy option at an airport. Um, that's just an example, but I think that that freeness allowed me to love myself more. So I do think it has helped with body image. Um, I've been on my medication now, uh, over a year. Someone asked, I think over a year. I'm honestly not sure. And I'm trying to find Deanna's question. Um, oh, can I talk about having body confidence in the bedroom? Dee, come on girl. You have all the body confidence in the world. honestly telling yourself you're beautiful, hype yourself up. Literally like be your own hype girl in the bedroom or not in the bedroom. You need to be your biggest cheerleader in life. So whether that means every morning you're looking in the mirror and telling yourself how great you are. I mean, I start every single day with like three things I'm grateful for, three affirmations, which are about me personally, and then three manifestations, writing them as if they've happened. So like I mean, the one I write every day is being on Dax Shepard's podcast changed my life. So, affirmation-wise, hype yourself up. So, whether it's like in the morning, like I do, if you're getting dressed and you're suddenly like, eh, "I don't like the way I feel," put on a song you love and fuck like twerk it out and hype yourself up. Also, in the bedroom, hype yourself up before there. If you're not confident, you just you have to be your biggest cheerleader. Okay. Um... And then, sorry, I'm reading these questions for podcast people. I feel like you're going to be frustrated with me. I'm on amitriptyline. And, okay, other questions that people submitted. How do you handle gaining weight and feeling good? All right, so let's talk weight. I don't like to share numbers, not that I, oh my God, I love you for that comment. I don't like to share numbers, not that I care about people knowing my number, but I think it could be um, triggering for people. So, to put things in reference, not weight wise, I would say, and I talked about this on an Instagram story section once, and I think I talked about it on the first episode, but I had this like weird mental hold of this number that I remember being at like my smallest version of myself post college when I was restricting what I was eating. Running a ton, D and I were doing like morning intense, insane workouts. Like it, my life was not fun. I was an anxious wreck, and I remember that's when I started weigh myself in the Equinox bathroom because everyone else was doing it, and I thought that was what people do. And that number has stuck with me so that every time I've gone to a doctor and they've weighed me, I've kind of not now, but before, I've kind of compared it to that number and been like, "Oh God!" Like for a second, or honestly. For like longer than a second, I've let it stick with me. And a few months ago, maybe like, I think it was this past, I don't even know what time is right now because we've been in quarantine for so long, but maybe like last fall, I don't know. Um, I remember going to a doctor and them telling me the number and it was 20 pounds more than the number that I like had been holding on to. And for a split second, I was like, wow, Cam, what? when did this happen? And then I was like, fuck This noise, that number was a version of me that was not having fun, was an anxious wreck, would cry every night depressed for no apparent reason, and didn't love my life. So why am I holding on to a version of myself that I would never want to go back to? And once I kind of acknowledged that and was like, okay, that version felt that way. And this version is having so much fun doing what she wants, working out because she likes to work out, eating the food she wants to eat, feels great in her body. This is the number that I want to be. Like there's so much more than just a number. It you should think about how you're actually feeling mentally, physically. What does your life entail? Are you nervous to go to group dinners because what god forbid what's going to be on the menu or are you showing up to group dinners without even looking at the menu which I'm now doing which is like a new thing for me showing well not now because we're not doing group dinners but are you showing up to group events without caring about like their god forbid god forbid being a quote-unquote healthy option that fits you and you're just showing up to have fun and spend time with people you love and enjoy yourself mic drop I'm not really gonna drop the mic but I am gonna have a sip of my paloma Okay. So Deanna, Deanna, kimchi baby is number one hype man in here and in life. Okay. But I do think that that is what I mean of like, let go of that number and think about the way that you're actually feeling and what your life entails. So how to handle gaining weight and still feeling good. That's what I think about. Sure. Am I 20 pounds more than I was at that certain time? Yeah. Is my life so much better? Yeah. Is my life 20 times better? Maybe. You know what? Maybe it is. So You just need to remember that and then also hype yourself the fuck up. Surround yourself by people that will hype you up. If you have friends that are so obsessed with body image and it's all they talk about when you're with them and it's all that they have to comment about you, I don't mean to be mean. You don't have to find new friends. Maybe you do, but you have to have the conversation with them. Um, Hey, there's more important shit to talk about than this and – the other thing I think about is if you were to describe your like best friend and list the reasons of why you loved him or her, would you ever say anything about their body? No. I mean, you probably wouldn't. That's not why I love any of my best friends. So why is it so important to you when you are thinking about yourself? So if your friend is constantly, and this was a question, um, how do you deal, hold on. Oh yeah. How do I defend my body when my friends and family don't like that I've gained weight Or, how do you get people to stop commenting on your body or other people's bodies? Okay, this is loaded. You should never have to defend your body. Let's put that first. You should never have to defend your weight or your body to anyone. So, surround yourself. Yeah, surround yourself with people that will hype you up, not people that you feel like you have to defend yourself to. If you are feeling like you have to defend yourself, sit this person down and say, I love the way I feel. How I feel should not affect you. How I look should not affect you. You do not have a say in the way that I look, okay? So exit them from the conversation. And also, to get people to stop commenting on your body, it, it's an awkward conversation, but I think it's really simple. If someone, I've you know, I've been around people that talk a lot about it, like, oh my gosh, Cammie, did you lose weight? Oh my God, or stuff like that or like constantly talking about a diet they're on or how they're gaining weight. I got to a point where I just, I don't acknowledge it. If I literally, I don't respond. I don't say anything. If they're like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. I'm like, so what are you up to? Just exit it from the conversation. The more you stop acknowledging them, even commenting on it, they'll probably stop. But also you can say, listen, I really, I'm, I'm done talking about bodies. I'm done talking about weight. I'm done talking about all these like, diets or workouts or whatever. There's a lot going on in this world. Why don't you tell me what you've been up to? I think the pandemic in and of itself has made us all realize there's more important shit going on in the world than the way our body looks. And I think we need to remember that when we're talking with people. Um, Surround yourself with people who care about things more than just body image, who want to talk about stuff that's going on in the world or interests or things that you're going through. And someone once said to me, like, what are the questions that you ask your friends when you see them? And I started to think about it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like, not on my friends, more in me. I feel like I ask pretty surface level questions. And so I started to think of like what I can ask friends now that isn't directed, isn't surface level, but also has nothing to do with body. So like, what have you been doing recently that you're absolutely loving? Or like what's been the highlight of your week? You know, like actually have conversations, not just bashing your body or someone else's. Oh God, I'm out of breath, guys. This is why it's nice to have a guest on a podcast because you don't talk the whole time. Okay. How do you enjoy working out and how do you do it to better yourself versus doing it to lose weight? I think, it's hard for me to completely comment on this because I come from a place where working out was such a highlight of my life because of sports. So I think I have a very intimate, not intimate, but I I just really love exercise. And there are certain exercises that I absolutely hate, but they are I'm sure some people would say they're great for you. And like, it's a good workout and you might lose weight doing it. But if I hate doing it, I'm not going to do it. Um, And I think it's a really unique thing of finding a workout that you enjoy and works for your body. So for me, sometimes that's running. Sometimes I hate running. And on those days, I won't run. Um, I actually typically hate spinning, but I've really been enjoying the Peloton recently. So finding things that you're doing that you, you shouldn't dread a workout. A workout should be a stress release. It should be time for yourself. It should make you feel great. It should be something you look forward to. So if you find yourself going to bed, which is how I did feel when I was obsessed with working out, I would be like almost anxious going to bed or like not depressed, but I'd be like, oh, I don't want to wake up and go to the gym. And what if I can't get there in time? And then what if I can't run enough? And what if, what if I'm not in the mood to work out? But I know I have to. That is a waste of brain space. I love when I go to bed, for instance, before quarantine, dance body is like one of those feel good workouts for me. And I would go to bed and I would, Joe and I say everything every night, one thing we're grateful for and one thing we're excited for. And I would say, I'm so excited to freaking dance tomorrow morning. And I would literally be excited. I mean, that is like a very unique workout where I freaking love it and I get so amped for it. But I really think you have to find something that makes you that excited and that while you're doing it, you're enjoying it and you're not beating yourself up. You're saying to yourself, this is so amazing that my body is able to do this. This is so amazing that I have the privilege of time and money to be able to do this. Working out is a, it is a privilege in a sense. Um, Definitely, you have to be able-bodied and you have to have the time. And in New York, you have to have the finances for the most part. Um, So finding something that you personally enjoy. I'm out of breath. Ba, ba, ba. Do you experience food guilt? I do not experience food guilt. I've actually, no, I do not guilt myself over what I eat because, like I've said many times, one salad is not going to make you gain 10 pounds make you lose 10 pounds one bowl of ice cream is not going to make you gain 10 pounds if you are consistently eating a way that makes you feel good one meal is not going to change anything and notice how I said eating the way that makes you feel good not eating like good food I really hate that we're labeling food good and bad even though I'm sure I've done it on this platform in the past same with like healthy someone asked me what makes a recipe healthy and I'm like that's a really good question and I think it's just a word that the wellness industry has created so that every influencer can tag it on their post to make people want to make it it. Um, So eating food that makes you feel good, the one-off meals are not going to change anything. And also, I don't feel guilt over food because I only feel guilt over things that I don't purposely do. Like I feel guilty if I said something and my intention was not the way that it came out. Like I didn't intend to hurt someone, but it did hurt someone and that's not what I meant and that wasn't the purpose behind it. I feel guilty over that. I am consciously deciding Every single thing I'm eating. So I feel no guilt because it's a conscious decision. I'm purposefully eating something. I'm not eating something that I don't mean to and hurting its feelings. That's when I feel guilt. I don't feel guilt over anything I do on purpose. Um and then how have you dealt with your changing body and your feelings of attractiveness or desirability? So if you listen to the first episode and if you listen to the episode with Lisa Hamm from The Wild Necessities on this topic. I definitely talked about this where I felt very just like not desirable. I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel – I don't know if feminine is the right word. I didn't feel like sexy. I think getting in tune with your body changes that a lot. So A, for me, I know this might sound crazy, but I got my period back and that has really like opened up I think this more female side of me in a way um, and just made me feel in tune with my body. Also, like I've said, surround yourself with people who hype you up. Hype yourself the F up. Quit comparing yourself to others. Surround yourself with people who look like you and who are people that inspire you. Don't surround yourself – like. If you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through someone's Instagram stories and you're like, oh my God, they live this lavish life. I want to do everything they're doing. Oh my God, they look this way. They look that way. First of all, a lot of it's not even real. Second of all, if you leave these people's accounts and you feel bad about yourselves, unfollow them. I unfollow so many people. And if you can't unfollow them because maybe they're like a friend and they would know, mute them. Mute, mute. Mute, mute. They will have no idea and you will not have to consume their content. I do think it's more deep rooted in like why you're feeling that way. A lot of times I talk about this with my therapist. A lot of feelings I have negatively originally came from jealousy. Now I think they come more from I hate that that's like being shown as what a reality is when it's not. Um, however, I just choose not to consume those types of things because it doesn't interest me. I don't feel like I'm benefiting anyway. I'm not learning anything. I'm not being educated on any topics. I, that brings no purpose to me. So follow people who are making you feel good about yourself and are serving a purpose. Content should be purposeful. There should be some type of meaning. As a consumer, you should walk away away knowing something new or feeling a new positive emotion. So observe the content that you're consuming and figure out if it's making you feel better or worse about yourself. For instance, TikTok. I started, when I first opened TikTok, I did like a recipe of something. And all of a sudden I started getting like my FYP algorithm for anyone who's not on TikTok was then all like healthy food. What healthy? What I ate in a day and like these workouts, like how to get your glute, whatever, those types of things that I don't believe. And I hated the app. I would text my sister. I'm like, this fucking app sucks. Every time I open, I feel worse about myself. It's all these like 16 year olds who haven't <laughs> experienced like real changes in their bodies yet. Oh, remind me. I want to talk about comparing ourselves to past versions um, who haven't experienced changes in your body yet. And I just, no one looks like me. I feel really, I, I just, I'm paralyzed by this app and I don't feel good about myself when I close it. So I didn't go on it for a while. Then I went through once I learned that you could do not interested. I hit not interested in all of these videos I went and found women who were inspiring and sparking body positivity and like self-love. I followed them. I started engaging with their content. My algorithm on my FYP completely changed. And now TikTok, sorry, Instagram, is my favorite app. When I leave TikTok, I feel hyped up. I feel encouraged. I feel amazing about myself and I am ready to go tackle the world. So again, it's who, it's what you're consuming and you might not even be noticing it. I said that to my therapist. I'm like, subconsciously it was so deep in my brain that I hadn't even noticed that it was causing these emotions and how different it could be. Now, when I said comparing yourself to others, I did a TikTok on this. I think that self-comparison is a big thing. And people say that they hate Snapchat memories for this reason or Facebook memories or even Instagram memories um, because our bodies change But let's also remember that we change. So do I want to be the person that I was when I was 18 and looked completely different? Have I idolized that body at some point? I've definitely idolized that body. Do I want to be that person? No. You've heard me talk about how I wasn't the nicest human. I don't want to be that version of myself. And let's also remember that that is 10 years ago. So me comparing myself, I'm 28. I'll be 29 next month. Shout out all the Virgos. Me comparing myself to a version of myself 10 years ago is as if I was 18 and comparing myself to an 8 year old body. There is so much that changes in those years, physically and emotionally. You're supposed to evolve, people. Shit is supposed to change. And as your body's changing, your life is changing, you are changing, so many factors are changing. We just have to accept that and move on with what we have. Obviously, if you are experiencing like, Health issues, and you're not feeling good about yourself, and there are more like severe things going on, then we can you should focus on them. But I mean, if you're just critiquing yourself for no apparent reason, okay. And while I'm talking about TikTok, also just like a shout out, I, I'm assuming I'm going to release this podcast on Wednesday if I can get my shit together and edit it um, on Friday. So, this in a week from this IG live, and in two days from this podcast, I i releasing an episode with Victoria Garrick, who is one of those people that I talk about, who I found on TikTok and has incredibly, incredibly influenced me and helped me reshape my mindset. And she is awesome. And it's a great conversation. So do you talk to your partner? Also, if you guys want to submit questions, do it now because I'm out of questions. So we'll go until I finish all these questions. Do you talk to your partner about body image? Yes. A, I talk to Joe about every single thing. I really... I can't, keep a, I, I can't keep anything in. Um, but I think it's really important to open up about that because they, ha- they might have no idea what you're going through. And so first and foremost, when I release a thought from my brain, I think of my brain sometimes as like a prison cell for my thoughts. And if I don't release them, they're just stuck in there with themselves. And then they spiral. And I hate this spiral. But the second I tell Joe, then he understands what I'm going through and he can better help me. If he has no idea, he doesn't know that maybe I need a few extra affirmations that day or I need to be reminded of how amazing I am or little things like that. So you have to, you ha- first of all, you should feel comfortable talking about these topics with your significant other because I do think it's really important to be able to talk about things that you're struggling with and being vulnerable. And I would say that my number one tip, I don't know if it's a tip, but I think the thing that has helped Joe and I be so successful and the one thing that I'm the most proud of of our relationship is the mutual vulnerability and the ability to say, I am feeling this way. And even if it's like a very deep, dark thing that you're so embarrassed to say out loud and I've been there, you got to get it out. And you have to talk to them and you have to create an open and safe environment to have these conversations. And it goes two ways. Like I am, I so admire his vulnerability, especially over the past few years and ability to express his emotions. And body image is one of those things for me that I really talk about. Okay. How do you recommend balancing food freedom, but also wanting to look good for your wedding? Did you struggle with this? Oh, I have so many comments on this. I fucking hate the industry that has created wedding diets. I hate it so much I could go on rants and rants and rants on this. The fact that women believe all of a sudden we have to shrink ourselves to be a version of ourselves that we're not to fit in a dress that you will wear once and be surrounded by everyone you love and not look like yourself is so sad to me. This day is the like everyone says it's the most important day of your life. I'm not going to go that far. Like, yes, it's amazing. I loved our wedding more than anything in the world. And it was the best day of our lives. However, it's a big, like that's a very high standard to go into thinking this has to be the best day of my life. But it, the wedding should be focused on the fact that you are committing to spend the rest of your life with another person. And there's so much ingrained in that, that's so much deeper than the way you look. It's the fact that you've chosen this person, the fact that you've found this person, the fact that you want to spend the rest of your life with this person. That should be the focus. And it should not matter what you look like. And I hated so much when everyone would ask me, what are you doing for your wedding diet? What are you doing for your wedding diet? How are you going to diet? What are you going to do? First of all, fuck off. Second of all, why do you think I have to diet? That's what I would respond to them because I was so frustrated. I would turn to them and say, oh, so you think I have to diet? Because that's what they're implying when you think about it. But it's just so normalized that all of a sudden, just because someone's getting married, we're allowed to comment on their body and what they look like and tell them that they should lose weight. Fucking bullshit. But if you, I've seen brides that have totally got swept up in it and lost the true version of themselves and have walked down the aisle and have not even looked like themselves. And as someone who refused to diet and I was, I think this size, I tried on my wedding dress, um, a month ago and it zipped. So I think I was this size. I look back at the photos and I like, there are a few where we're laughing and smiling and I have like a quadruple chin and they are my favorite photos because we look so happy and so joyful and there is nothing else in the mat in the world that matters in that moment and that's exactly how I felt And if I had been so swept up in how I looked I think I would have looked at those photos and been like, oh my god, I have a triple chin which is so not important And so my advice would be wedding planning is hard enough. why put a diet and stress on workouts and what you're eating? Why throw that into the mix? Obviously, you want to feel good in your own skin and you want to be like, you know, glowing or whatever. But that comes from more mental, in my opinion, than restrictive. If you're restrictive, you're going to be freaking, first of all, you're not even going to be able to drink. So do you want to be like the person who's lost all this weight for your wedding and then you black out after one glass of champagne? No, that does not sound fun to me. I will say the best part, one of my favorite memories of our wedding weekend was that I We had um, like a pig roast kind of thing for like a rehearsal dinner. And we had um, like mac and cheese, fried chicken, Caesar salad, a full pig, all of my favorite – like that's one of my favorite meals, that combo. And they did everything gluten-free for us. And I ate a plate that I shit you not was like this big filled the night before our wedding. And I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, this food is fucking amazing. I want to eat it. And I ended up eating another serving of it at 3 a.m. because they put it in our fridge after the after party. And the founder, who I'm very close with now, of the venue came up and was like, this is why I love you because you're eating all of your food. And I'm like, everyone should be doing this. Every bride should be doing this. If you're sitting at your rehearsal dinner and you're like, oh gosh, can I eat this? Can I not? It's the rehearsal dinner of your wedding and you're surrounded by all these people you love and you're caring about what you're eating. Again, there's just so much more important stuff. So I think those are all the questions. Now my friends are just badgering about our wedding. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out the podcast This Friday with Victoria Garrick. It's focused on this topic. And if you enjoyed this conversation, I think it will really resonate with you. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.